Hello everyone, I'm Carrie. And I'm Will. And this is the Baseball Unchained podcast where a husband and wife discuss the current happenings in Major League Baseball. There are currently four days. Four days until opening day. It's also five days till my birthday. Woo! What do we have going on today? We're going to do our AL West preview. The last preview of the league. And there's also some headlines we got to cover, but we'll jump into that after the intro music. Hit it. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We're on all of those platforms at Baseball Chain. Send in your fangrams. This is the second episode in a row that we don't have any. Link in bio. If you go to our link tree, there's a link to the form. Fill it out. It's super quick. It's fun. It's exciting. It's free. Unlike the ones at the baseball games. Yeah, you don't have to pay to get your name in the episode or your comments in the episode, whatever you want to do. Headlines. So, unfortunately, we're talking about injuries again happening in spring training when games are not important. Reese Hoskins tore his ACL on a routine ground ball, and he will be out for the season for the Phillies. That sucks. Yep. He's one of the key pieces to their team, and he he's in the last year of his contract before he becomes a free agent as well, so that just adds insult to the injury. And then also... Another Yankees starting pitcher goes down. Luis Severino suffered a lat strain and will be on the IL to start the season. I didn't see anything that had a timetable for him, but lat strains and being a pitcher doesn't seem like he's going to be back very quickly. And then some spring training highlights. I was watching the Rays game yesterday because Rays fan here. If you guys didn't know, Jose Siri was on a tear yesterday in spring training versus the Red Sox. He got on base twice. He walked twice, which is big for him. He's normally a free swinger. He stole second base the second time he was on base with a great jump to where even a perfect throw didn't get him. He advanced the third on a wild pitch and then stole home on a straight steal of home against a right-handed pitcher in spring training. I mean, I love that he was able to do that, but I would have been really pissed if he got hurt. It didn't really look like he was in much danger, though. When he got up, he kind of looked like a little ginger. He doesn't have red hair. (laughs) He's funny. We also want to talk about um, some feminine news. Feminine? Some lady news, I guess. Feminism. Feminism. There was very recently on St. Patrick's Day, actually, Olivia Picardo, Picardo, I think it's Picardo. She made history in college baseball as the first female to play in a Division One game. For Brown. Yes, for Brown. I saw that they took the helmet that she wore and put it into like the College Baseball Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 It's pretty cool. We don't have any stats for her for the actual game that she played in, but she did come in as a pinch hitter 
and she hit a chopper over to first base. But before she was scouted for college teams to play on, she was clocked at 97 miles an hour, and one ball that she threw was in the, the triple digits while she was throwing at guaranteed rate field. Um, so that was part of the reason that she was able to really take her pick on where she wanted to go. But she also wanted to pick a school that had good academic excellence. So she went to Brown University. Do you know who else went to Brown? Hermione Granger. What? Your favorite lady. Jim Watson, you mean. Yeah, obviously. Hermione didn't go to Brown. She went to Hogwarts. You're the same human. She went to Hogwarts. Yeah. And our our last headline is that all of the team's starting pitchers have been named for opening day. So. I was really thrown for a loop when the Rays announced theirs. I was so shocked. I know. Shocked. It's kind of funny because McClanahan got told that he was going to be the opening day starter in February. <laughs> and he said that he was trying to keep it a secret from everybody else, and it was really hard not to tell anyone. This is not a Rays podcast, but when the Rays come up, we talk about the Rays. He also went to have a final tune-up start, and he was pitching against a minor league team in like Lakeland, I think. I don't have the stats for it, but I can just imagine being the minor league players having to face it. Hey. I bet that was a humbling experience for them. Yeah. All right. A.L. West. Al West. Who's Al? I don't know. Here we go. The way we're doing this is... If you haven't listened to any of these division previews yet, which shame on you, we're setting a five-minute timer for each team in the division. And at the end of the five-minute timer, you will hear this sound. Once the timer is up, we will move on to the next team and so on until we get to the last one. And then after that, we will make our predictions for how the division is going to finish. See. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. First team that we have is the Houston Astros. I was waiting for like a boo or something. Did my face not do it for you? I didn't I didn't see it. You were looking right at me. <laughs> Five minutes on the timer starting now. This offseason, the Houston Astros made the following moves. They extended um Relief pitcher Rafael Montero to a three-year, $34.5 million contract. They signed first base slash designated hitter Jose Abreu for three years, $58.5 million. They signed outfielder Michael Brantley to a one-year, $12 million deal. They reached one-year arbitration deals with several other players, Ryan Stanek, Blake Taylor, Mauricio Dubon, Phil Matone, Framber Valdez, Jose Arquiti, and Kyle Tucker. And they extended starting pitcher Christian Javier to a five-year, $64 million contract. Who they lost? Starting pitcher Justin Verlander opted out of his contract. Uh, team option was declined on relief pitcher Will Smith. Team option declined on designated hitter Trey Mancini. First base, Yuli Gurriel. Yuli Gurriel became a free agent. Christian Vasquez, catcher, became a free agent. And Almedes Diaz became a free agent. Their starting lineup. 
First, shortstop Jeremy Pena. Second, right fielder Kyle Tucker. Third, third baseman Alex Bregman. Fourth, designated hitter Gordon Alvarez. Fifth, first baseman Jose Abreu. What? Oh. Shit. Sixth, second baseman David Hensley. Seventh, left fielder Chaz McCormick. Eighth, center fielder Jake Myers. Ninth, catcher Martin Maldonado. Sorry I got confused there for a second because I'm so used to Jose Abreu being on the White Sox. <laughs> Um, in their starting pitchers, left-hander Framber Valdez, right-hander Christian Javier, right-hander Jose Arquiti, right-hander Luis Garcia, right-hander Hunter Brown. In the bullpen, Ryan Presley, right-hander pitcher, right-handed pitcher Rafael Martero, right-handed pitcher Ryan Abreu, right-handed pitcher Hector Neris, right-hander Ryan Stanek, right-hander Phil Matone, Right-hander Seth Martinez and right-hander Ronel Blanco. I don't know how they have no lefties in their bullpen. That's kind of odd. So the Astros lost a big piece in the World Baseball Classic with Jose Altuve breaking his thumb, but this roster is still pretty stacked. Jeremy Pena was the World Series MVP last year. Jordan Alvarez is always blasting baseballs. Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman... The list goes on. Their pitching is also elite, and the bullpen can lock down and close out their games. They're the Astros. Like it or not, they've become something of a dynasty within the last few seasons. Even after the cheating scandal, they've been mainstays in the playoffs and have been in the World Series three times since then, and in each of the last two years. Those three times were 2019, 2021, and 2022. Even making it even making the World Series that many times is not easy to do. They are a no-brainer pick to be in the playoffs, even if Altuve is out for a couple months, and they will probably go deep into the playoffs again. What do you think? I don't like it, but I agree. Yeah. I mean, they, they just have a formula now, it seems. Like, their lineup is going to go off no matter what, no matter if Jose Altuve is in it or not. David Hensley is probably going to hit 10 home runs or whatever <laughs> while he's covering for Altuve. Like, I don't even know who that is. And, yeah, you know, they just seem to be able to develop their players to, like, that caliber of player consistently. I guess. Yeah. Is that all you got? They're probably still cheating. I don't think so. Not At least not in the way they were, if they are. Crash can cameras stealing signs? Yeah, I don't think they're doing that anymore. Great. Doesn't mean they aren't still cheating. If they are stealing signs, that's in a way that's legal. Because everybody tries to steal signs. At least they're not like picking up lineup cards or whatever off of yeah, the like ground. KK. Well, that's it. Moving on. All right. Up next, we're going to have the athletics. Super athletics. Maybe not. Five minutes. Starting now. The athletics this offseason signed starting pitcher Drew Rasinski to a one year, $3 million deal. 
They signed infielder outfielder Jace Peterson to a two-year $9.5 million deal. They signed infielder outfielder Aledmus Diaz to a two-year $14.5 million deal. They signed relief pitcher Trevor May, one-year $7 million. Signed starting pitcher Shintaro Fujinami to a one-year $3.2 million deal. They signed first baseman Jesus Aguilar to a one-year $3 million deal. They acquired J.J. Blade from the Marlins for A.J. Puck. They acquired catcher Manny Pena, starting pitcher Kyle Muller, starting pitcher Freddie Tarnock, and starting pitcher Roiber Salinas from the Braves in the Sean Murphy, Murphy trade. Sean Murphy trade. They acquired Estery Ruiz from the Brewers for relief pitcher. Is that Joel or Joel? I think it's Joel. I was right the first time. Joel Piomps. They acquired infielder Daryl Hernandez from the Orioles for starting pitcher Cole Urban. And they acquired relief pitcher Chad Smith from the Rockies for starting pitcher Jeff Criswell. Who they lost. They lost infielder outfielder Chad Pender, who became a free agent. Stephen Vogue. Stephen Vogue retired. He was their catcher. Um, all players previously mentioned in trades, most importantly, Sean Murphy, who was also a catcher. The starting lineup for the Oakland A's. Batting first, second baseman Cody Kemp. Cody Kemp. I just made that up. <laughs> Tony. Tony Kemp. Where I don't there's not a Cody anywhere on this page. What's your name? Tony. Gary. Batting second, right fielder Ramon Loriano. Mm -hmm. Batting third, first baseman Seth Brown. Batting fourth, DH Jesus Aguilar. Batting fifth, third baseman Jace Peterson. Batting sixth, catcher Shea Langliers. Batting seventh, left fielder Connor Kappel. Capel. Batting eighth, shortstop Nick Allen. And batting ninth, center fielder Esturi Ruiz. I don't even know half the players on this team, so pronunciation I don't I'm not familiar with. Yeah. I apologize guys, I'm just kinda of making it up. For their starting rotation, they have left-handed pitcher Kyle Muller, right-handed pitcher Shintaro Fujinami. Right-handed pitcher, James Cap Caprellian. That's what I was going to say. Left-handed pitcher, Ken Waldachuk. And left-handed pitcher, J.P. Sears. In their bullpen, they have right-handed pitcher, Trevor May. Right-handed pitcher, Domingo Acevedo. Right-handed pitcher, Danny Jimenez. Right-handed pitcher, Juris... Juris. Juris. Juris Familia. Left-handed pitcher Sam Mole, right-handed pitcher Zach Jackson, right-handed pitcher Chad Smith, and right-handed pitcher Adam Oler. The Athletics traded away all of their best players for prospects, and honestly, the prospects they've gotten in return will be able to start almost immediately for them, but that doesn't mean that they're great prospects. They did not even get... They did not get enough out of the Murphy trade. The top pieces they received were Ruiz and Moeller, 
when Murphy could have fetched a higher price tag. Instead of bringing in all of these prospects, they should have focused on bringing on different front office staff. This was not a good trade for them. They had the most leverage with the biggest trade target, and somehow the team that was the third team involved, the Brewers, got a better return than they did. Somehow negotiating to get William Contreras from the Braves. It feels like stating the obvious when I say that the A's are not going to be good. Yeah. Not good. And it's not like they're not good because they don't have opportunities. They are not going to be good just because they, the team doesn't care enough to be good. Yeah. And I don't mean team like players. I mean like the, the staff. Yeah, the GM and all those people just don't spend any money on it. And like they've their stadium is old and probably like not well kept. And I, I don't know. I, we haven't been there, so I don't want to make too many statements or assumptions, but I'm also not thrilled to fans are not showing up to games because the team is not frankly worth watching i mean you could probably mark it down that they're gonna lose like at least 90 games this year that sucks so bad yeah that's like really embarrassing yeah i mean your best player was sean murphy and he's gone yeah all right next up we are going to the texas rangers Five minutes on the clock, starting now. This offseason, the Texas Rangers signed starting pitcher Jacob DeGrom to a five-year, $185 million deal. They signed starting pitcher Andrew Heaney to a two-year, $25 million deal. They signed starting pitcher Nathan Eovaldi to a two-year, $34 million deal. They signed outfielder Robbie Grossman to a one-year, $2 million deal. They signed relief pitcher Will Smith to a one-year, $1.5 million deal. They signed starting pitcher Martin Perez to a one-year, $19.6 million deal. Uh, they acquired starting pitcher Jake Odorizzi from the Braves for right I'm sorry, for relief pitcher Dennis Santana and starting pitcher Colby Allard. Who they lost? Utility man Nick Solak was traded to the Reds for cash considerations. They declined the option on outfielder Cole Calhoun. Uh, starting pitcher Kohei Arihara became a free agent. Catcher Kevin Ploiecki became a free agent. Right, uh, Relief pitcher Matt Moore became a free agent. And utility man Charlie Culberson became a free agent. Their starting lineup. First, second baseman Marcus Simeon. Second, shortstop Corey Seager. Third, first baseman Nate Lowe. Fourth, right fielder Adolis Garcia. Fifth, third baseman Josh Young. Sixth, catcher Jonah Heim. Seventh, left fielder Robbie Grossman. Eighth, designated hitter Brad Miller. And ninth, center fielder Bubba Thompson. Their starting rotation, right-hander Jacob deGrom. Right-hander Nathan Eovaldi. Left-hander Martin Perez. Right-hander John Gray. And left-hander Andrew Heaney. In their bullpen, right-hander Jose Leclerc, right-hander Jonathan Hernandez, left-hander Brock Burke, left-hander Will Smith, right-hander Josh Spores, 
left-hander Taylor Hearn, left-hander Cole Reagans, and right-hander Dan Dunning. Over the last few seasons, the Rangers have been very active in free agency, adding Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon to pretty large contracts in 2021. And this year, they added three-fifths of a full starting rotation, headlined by Jacob deGrom. The pitchers who were already on the roster, Martin Perez and John Gray, are also nothing to sneeze at. Their bullpen appears to be the weak point in the roster, and even though a few of them had great seasons last year, none of them are projected to have good ones this year. The ones that are projected to have ERA below 4 are still in the high 3s. And the other question is if the big names and big money they've committed to those names will finally start to pay off. Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon haven't exactly been on fire since getting to Arlington, If you're the Rangers, you'd like to see one or both of them hit 40 homers and make that investment worth it. Um, Seager had a career-high 33 homers in 2022, but only had 16 the year before. He was signed for power and needs to be more consistent. Another questionable investment is into DeGrom, who has struggled to stay healthy over the last three seasons and already has had some injury concerns early in spring training but he is in line to be their opening day starter. They are an intriguing roster to be sure and could make some noise this year if DeGrom stays healthy and their lineup performs. What you got? Nothing? No. All right. Well, yeah, I basically it just boils down to DeGrom being the leader of that rotation. He's got to stay healthy. They invested a lot of money into him, so that's that's what they got to bank on is him going out there for 20-plus starts. I did write down, I apologize, that the starting rotation that they have have some big durability red flags. Yeah. I would I would also say that Ivaldi and Andrew Heaney, while they have had good seasons. Heaney. <laughs> Heaney. Yeah, they they have not been good very recently. Heaney was on the Angels last year, I believe. And well, how, how can you be good when you're on the Angels? I mean, that'd be like comparing average humans to gods. Angels and gods. I didn't want to use the word angels, <laughs> but I used well. You didn't. You said gods, but gods and angels. It's hard to look good when you're on the same in the same pitching rotation as Shohei. Yeah, I understand now. Speak of the devil, or the angel, I guess. Next up, we have the Los Angeles Angels. Five minutes on the clock. All right. Starting now. This offseason, the Angels signed starting pitcher Tyler Anderson to a three-year, $39 million contract. They signed relief pitcher Carlos Estevez to a two-year, $13.5 million contract. They signed, they signed relief pitcher Justin Garza. They signed infielder-outfielder Brandon Drury to a two-year, $17 million deal. 
They signed outfielder Brett Phillips to a one-year $1.2 million deal. They signed relief pitcher Matt Moore to a one-year $7.5 million deal. They acquired outfielder D.H. Hunter Renfro from the Brewers for relief pitcher Elvis Peguero and starting pitcher Jansen Junk. And they acquired third baseman Gio Urshela from the Twins for a for starting pitcher Alejandro Hidalgo. Their starting lineup is as follows. Batting first, left fielder Tyler Ward. Batting second, center fielder Mike Trout. Batting third, D.H. Shohei Otani. Batting fourth, third baseman Ander, Ander. Anthony Rindon. 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 Damn it. Batting fifth, right fielder Hunter Renfro. Batting sixth, second baseman Brandon Drury. Batting seventh, first baseman Jared Walsh. Batting eighth, catcher Logan O'Hoppy. Batting ninth, shortstop David Fletcher. Their starting rotation is as follows. They have right-handed pitcher Shohei Otani. Left-handed pitcher Patrick Sandoval, left-handed pitcher Tyler Anderson, left-handed pitcher Reed Detmers, left-handed pitcher Jose Suarez. In their bullpen, they have right-handed pitcher Carlos Estevez, right-handed pitcher Jimmy Hergert, right-handed pitcher Ryan Tepera, left-handed pitcher Matt Moore, left-handed pitcher Aaron Loop, Right-handed pitcher Andrew Wants, left-handed pitcher Jose Quijada, right-handed pitcher Jaime Barria, and they have an extra person in their bullpen in comparison to everyone else that was listed, all the other teams, um, with left-handed pitcher Tucker Davidson. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Hmm. Okay. Yep. So maybe. What is Andrew wants? Probably some loop. <laughs> Honestly, there's so many jokes out there about the angels, um, outside of the ones that we make very poorly, and how they're watching the World Baseball Classic and wondering how they've wasted Trout and Otani's career. But in the last year before Otani becomes a free agent, these moves made them look a little bit more serious. The one through six in the lineup is pretty dang good. There's a lot of hits there. The starting pitching is also pretty solid, of course, headlined by Otani, but Patrick Sandoval and Tyler Anderson are more than serviceable starters. They are ranked number 43 and number 36 in the MLB, respectively, by Fangraphs. Anderson had a great year for the Dodgers last year, and Sandoval pitched well in the World Baseball Classic against the eventual champion, Japan. The issue is going to be their bullpen which was also a big issue last year. Even if one of their starters has an outstanding game and goes seven, seven innings, they will still have to piece it together with the guys from that bullpen. And it's not great, even with that extra one that they have that everyone else doesn't have. But if their lineup can give them some sizable leads, maybe they'll win a few more games this year and make a run. Last year, they were on fire to start and just fizzled out. I guess the outlook is we shall see. Yeah, I honestly, the Angels should trade Otani if they are not contending for their division by the trade deadline. 
but I think that their front office is not going to pull the trigger and make that happen because they're going to be too scared to do so. We talked about this before with um, the Dodgers when we previewed the NL West because I was saying that the Dodgers are probably the most likely candidates to sign him if the Angels don't trade him. Could you imagine Shohei and like Mike Trout being on a team that's actually good? I mean, in theory, they should be able to make this team good, but the other parts of the team just have to be solid enough to where they don't have to carry it. Like, if they have an off day, you're going to be an automatic loss. You don't want that. I mean, they need they need a better bullpen. If they had a bullpen, they, they would win a lot more games. It's just... They've never had good pitching. For, like They've not really had good pitching in the last few years. Sucks to suck, I guess. Last but not least, we have the Seattle Mariners. Of course they're not least. Otherwise, Mariners fans might come after us. Five minutes on the clock. Starting now. This offseason, the Mariners signed relief pitcher Trevor Gott to a one-year, $1.2 million deal. Trevor Gott got. Trevor got that money. He got got. He got got by the Mariners. They signed outfielder A.J. Pollock to a one-year, $7 million deal. They signed infielder Tommy LaStella to a one-year, $720,000 deal. They extended utility man Dylan Moore to a three-year, $8.8 million deal. They acquired second baseman Colton Wong and relief pitcher Justin Topa from the Brewers for outfielder Jesse Winker, infielder Abraham Toro, and starting pitcher Joseph Hernandez. They acquired catcher-slash-outfielder Cooper Hummel from the Diamondbacks for outfielder Kyle Lewis. And they acquired outfielder Teoscar Hernandez from the Blue Jays for relief pitcher Eric Swanson and starting pitcher Adam Mako. Who they lost? Second baseman Adam Frazier. Catcher Kurt Casali. Outfielder Mitch Hanniger. Starting pitcher Matthew Boyd. First baseman Carlos Santana. Relief pitcher Ryan Barucki. Catcher Luis Torrens. And starting pitcher Luke Weaver. They all became free agents. Their starting lineup. First, second baseman Colton Wong. Second, center fielder Julio Rodriguez. Third, first baseman Ty France. Fourth, right fielder Teoscar Hernandez. Fifth, third baseman Eugenio... I'm sorry... Eugenio Suarez, 6th, catcher Cal Raleigh, 7th, left fielder Jared Kelnick, 8th, designated hitter A.J. Pollock, and ninth, shortstop J.P. Crawford. Their starting pitchers, right-hander Luis Castillo, right-hander Logan Gilbert, left-hander Robbie Ray, left-hander Marco Gonzalez, and right-hander George Kirby. In their bullpen, right-hander Paul Sewald, right-hander Andres Munoz, right-hander Diego Castillo, right-hander Matt Brash, right-hander Penn Murphy, right-hander Trevor Gott, 
right-hander Matt Festa and right-hander Chris Flexen. I like the Mariners. They're an exciting up-and-coming team. Julio Rodriguez arrived on the scene last year and immediately lit the world on fire. They added power this year with the Teoscar Hernandez trade. And you add him to Ty France and Eugenio Suarez, and you have a scary heart of the lineup. Last year, they made a big trade deadline acquisition in starting pitcher Luis Castillo, and now he is their ace. But they have five really solid starters. Not sorry. Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray, Marco Gonzalez, George Kirby round out the rest of the rotation. That's one of the top MLB rotations, no question about that. In their bullpen, who they are called the Los Bomberos, the firefighters, those guys are nasty. They even have a guy named Penn in the bullpen. Penn, Penn Murphy. Um... You can't make that stuff up. They have an incredible fan base who is hungry for more after they ended a 21-year playoff drought last year. The Mariners may be the only team with the ability to challenge the Astros for the division crown in the AL West. What you got? Uh, I mean... They made it 21 years without a playoff appearance at all. So all of the moves that they're making really need to be a reflection of their attempt on getting started, but also staying relevant. So they made it last year, and they just have to prove that they're going to continue to do that. Yeah, I think that they did. Um, especially like last year with the when they got Castillo. I have a heart next to his name. Why? Oh, well, not that Castillo, the other one. Dang it. Luis Castillo. Never mind. They have two Castillos. It's confusing. Oh. But yeah. Mine's Diego. 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 Diego Castillo is good as well. Slider, slider, slider. All the sliders. Okay. All right, time for predictions. Who went first last time? Pretty sure I've gone first the last two times, I think. Being a little spicy, I've definitely gone first. I'm not spicy. Go ahead. Okay. In reverse order, this one's going to be shocking. No one's going to be prepared. All right. Fifth place, the athletics. I'm shocked. This is brand new information. Um, they're not good. They're they're just not good. They don't care. Again, it's not that the team doesn't care, as in the players, but the office staff. They're one of the worst teams, if not the worst team, in Major League Baseball, and they have very little interest and investment from their owner, Tom Fisher. I can't read. I'm literally just making up names. It was John, not Tom. <laughs> what the heck am I doing? They need to develop their young star, or their young could-be stars, like J.J. Blade. They're a very veteran-heavy team, and there's not really anyone all that exciting to build around to make it so that it's more fun. 
Um, I think that honestly, what would be most interesting to talk about is if their new location would make them more exciting. If they go to Vegas. Yeah. That would make them a lot more exciting. It would kind of suck for the fans that still show up to the games. I feel like a lot of fans don't go because they don't want to support the ownership if the ownership's not going to try to make them competitive. And that's fair. So the same thing with the Reds. I mean, they're another team that's one of the worst in Major League Baseball. So yeah, it makes sense. In fourth place, I have the Texas Rangers. They added three new pitchers to their starting rotation, but like I said before, they're red flags for their durability. They added Will Smith to the bullpen, which was really confusing for me because I couldn't decide if I wanted to think about Will Smith the actor, Will Smith the catcher, or Will Smith the relief pitcher. They have a pretty low-ranked offense. They have stars in Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, but the young hitters also need to come and show up. Also, I don't know why I didn't draw an arrow so that I would talk about it when I was still talking about their starting pitchers, but DeGrom hasn't thrown more than 92 innings in a season since 2019. Yep. So that's that's not great. I also have outfield holes, question mark. Holes. Holes. Not hose, because that's kind of what it sounded like I said. In third place, I have the Los Angeles Angels. <laughs> These people are going to think that I'm an idiot. Talking is hard, and she has a fat tongue. I do have a fat tongue, that's true. Tyler Anderson definitely improves their rotation, but they deepened. Is that a word? Sure. Their lineup with Hunter Renfro and... Brandon Drury. I can't even read my own handwriting. They have significant players in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, but they can't really afford for them to get hurt because they they don't have much significance beyond Mike Trout and Otani. Yeah, and Mike Trout's had the injury history just kind of like Jacob deGrom, so yeah. he needs to help stay healthy too. And as it could be Otani's final season as an angel, he'll always be an angel. Because he's an angel of a human being. Their bullpen definitely needs work, though. And because they have a team full of veterans, it's just going to increase their chance of injury. So they, they're they kind of walking on eggshells just because they're all old. Second place, I have the Seattle Mariners. Um, getting to Oscar is good for them. Colton Wong is an upgrade for a second base. Julio Rodriguez is is Julio. After being the 2022 Rookie of the Year for the American League, he really can't be the only one who is carrying this team. I swear I can't read my own handwriting. It's terrible. He cannot be the only one that's doing good things, so they really all need to step up. I also had that they had 21 years without playoff baseball, and that has to be really discouraging as a fan. Yeah. That sucks super bad. The Rays started out with 10 years of no playoffs and... That was rough, too. That's, like, almost the entire time that the Rays have existed as a team. The Mariners were not in the playoffs. They're bad. Yeah. And then in first place, of course, we have the Astros. They lost Justin Verlander. They have McCullers with the elbow muscle strain. Altuve with the broken thumb. He got surgery for that, so I'm surprised that it's going to take him so long to come back. But I don't really know what's involved with thumb surgery. 
Me neither, but I mean, he's got to use, I think it was his dominant hand. So he's got to use it to throw. He's got to swing with it. I wonder if it's harder to do surgery on such tiny hands. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> tiny thumb on a tiny, tiny hand. Yeah. Now that Verlander's gone, their younger starters have really big shoes to fill. Um, so hopefully they're able to do that. Bigger than Altuve's. Way bigger than Altuve's. True. Do you think if Altuve were to wear Crocs, it would look like when like dogs wear Crocs? I've never seen a dog wear Crocs. Oh my gosh. You're on the wrong side of TikTok. It's adorable. Also, they really may need to start looking into their backup catcher situation. That's what I got. Okay. Mine are pretty similar. They're only one swap. In fifth place, I have the Athletics. That wasn't going to be the swap. Of, co- <laughs> of course. Yeah, they're, they're just not good. I don't understand what they're doing. If they're trying to rebuild, they are not doing it successfully. Uh, usually with a rebuild, you want to pick some players to build around, and they traded away somebody they could have built their team around in Sean Murphy. And what they got back for him, like we said before, was just not enough. In fourth place, I have the Angels. Otani's gone. He's he's just gone. He's not going to re-sign with them. I don't think there is enough money they could pay him to convince him to stay because he wants to play for championships. Um, I watched a fair bit of Angels games last year, and just seeing him and Mike Trout sitting on the bench at some times, their faces, I think Trout kind of regrets signing such a long-term deal with them at this point, and Otani definitely doesn't look satisfied to be on a team that's not competitive. That's all I got for that. In third, I have the Texas Rangers. I think that the moves that they made are moves that are going to be good for the future. Hopefully, the guys that they got can stay healthy, like we said, and perform to their ability. But I just don't think that they're better than the top two teams in the division yet. In second place, I have the Seattle Mariners. I think they'll give the Astros a run for their money if the Astros struggle with Altuve out. But like I said before, I don't think that the Astros are going to struggle even with him missing because there's just a lot of there's a lot of depth on their team. And whoever they put in for Altuve probably is going to be somebody that They've developed to the point where they feel comfortable putting him there. And also it's only a month or two that he's going to be gone. So they're going to win a lot of games again. Maybe next year, Mariners fans. I mean, it's there's just not enough on this team to compete with them. And first, that leaves the Astros. They've, like I said, they've built a powerhouse. You look at the lineup they have and it's just really intimidating even if you're one of the best pitchers in the league you look at Altuve when he comes back 
Alvarez, Jeremy Pena, Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman. Like, there's no spot in that lineup that is not threatening and could deliver at any moment. So that's what I got. I hear you. Their pitching is also incredibly good. Like, their starting pitchers is one through five, just also don't want to face them. Anyway, that is the last of our division previews. We are going to also deliver you guys an episode with our way too early playoff predictions and World Series winner. So be on the lookout for that as well. That'll be a pretty quick episode, though. Yeah, should be pretty quick. Hopefully, like, 15, 20 minute long one, if if that. Um, but, yeah. That's all we got for you today. So we will see you again soon. All right. Thanks for listening. This has been the Baseball Unchained Podcast. He'll death do us baseball. I got pee.